3: You know, I really appreciate uh, our producer Shannon leading us into the show, talking with Chris Carlin, talking about what goes out of him, <laughs> which is really what I want to think about in the afternoon. I'm sure all the people like getting ready to drive home from a long week at work are like, "I was wondering what goes out of Chris Carlin when he eats five thousand calories." So I do welcome, thank you for that. It's Canty and Carlin here on the ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Matt Jones. You know it's a show I'm hosting when it is a day where there are very little news in sports. Michael <laughs> Rostein is with us. And, uh, Michael, I'm excited to be with you for the next few hours. These are the days I actually enjoy. Who, what are you going to talk about? There's not a ton of news, so we've got to have fun and actually make a radio <laughs> show that's exciting, and I'm looking forward to do it with you.
2: Apparently, we're going to end up talking about things that go out of your body. So I'm like, that's where we're at, apparently, right now. I mean, Shane,
3: why did you think that was a good start (laughs) to the show? Like, I like Chris Carlin. I think he's an amazing radio talent. But Uh there's not a human being on Earth that wants to hear about what goes out of him after (laughs) 5,000 calories. Why did you think that was the way to Because I
2: know that that Michael has certain dietary restrictions. So I'm like, could (laughs) Michael
3: himself consume 5,000 calories in a day? Yeah, I, I mean it would have been. I fine don't know if I that. could. It would have been fine without that extra addition by Chris. What What are you? Do you have dietary restrictions? I do. You, too. Don't, you I don't can't. have to share them with me if you don't want. No, I don't care.
2: Like, I'm very open about it. I can't eat gluten. I'm allergic to gluten. So like, I'm kind of So what? Stuck is, uh, let me ask there. you a question.
3: What? What? I yeah. forgive me <laughs> for my ignorance, but I always hear people who can't eat gluten. Sure. And the, gluten was literally a word until 15 years ago. I'd never heard of. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. I was in college, nobody was like, "I can't eat gluten." So now it's like everything's gluten. so I don't really know what
2: gluten is. So what is gluten? Okay, so gluten is a protein that largely ends up being in your breads, in your barleys, okay. in your oats, in your beers. And it just it's very tough to digest gluten for right. people like me. So I, there listen, it, the best thing in the world that happened to me, Matt Jones, is that I became a fad diet. Because I found out 20 years ago, before all that, I had, and it was very embarrassing on dates, I had a little card that I had to carry around. And if we went to dinner, <laughs> no, I had to, yes, I did, I, I had to give it to the chef because most people had not heard of glut, uh, gluten yeah, allergy. I had I don't think that was, it's say, called celiac it a, disease. I don't yeah. think it was
3: a thing, though. I think they, it I, was, <laughs> think, it was <laughs> called it, celiac disease. Okay, gotcha. And then they made it like a little more acceptable because celiac yes. disease does sound kind of like, oh, but gluten-free, you're like, hey, this guy. That's healthy. He's
2: gluten-free. Exactly. Yeah, yeah okay. but but there, there's two things to that. One, so I would hand this card, and then it would become a whole thing and a topic of conversation. And obviously, there was not a second date or third date usually once that happened. So I, I stopped doing that. And then the second part of it is because it became a fat diet, now they make gluten-free everything. So if you're using it to lose weight, good luck to you because I have a gluten-free pastry problem. And it has caused me to gain weight instead of lose weight because – all I eat are gluten-free cookies and donuts that every shop has now. And I love the gluten-free options, but at the same time, like this is not going well.
3: I, I don't know if you know, I, I own a sports bar. And sometimes people will say to me, Matt, do you all have gluten-free options at the <laughs> sports bar and first of all, they act like I cook the food, and I have no idea. Like I don't know what we have. But then I go, I don't think so, and they get very angry at me. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I didn't even know we had gluten, and now I can't have it. So you
2: know, I'm, I'm sorry though for you that like you. Have oh, to, it's it's fine now. Do. I'm good. I'm good with you. Like I said, the best thing in the world that that happened to me, and is legitimately one of the best things in the world that has ever happened to me, was that 15 or so years ago, people decided they wanted to have a gluten free fad because honestly. I when I first found out, man, I would be eating bread made of cardboard and only eating salad. And I grew up in New York. I loved a greasy slice of like original Ray's, and I couldn't have that anymore. I had to have well, like I'm sorry. Just, yeah. But I'm just saying, it's all good. You're making me feel
3: sorry for you. Well, no, well, I'm good at that. The only <laughs> thing sadder than having to eat gluten free is watching preseason football. <laughs> and uh, the preseason football started in earnest. Last night, Um I did what you're supposed to do, which is turn it on. I think the first game was the uh, Texans and the Patriots, and I watched – and I like when the NFL Network does those because they show you the broadcast in the town, right? Like like on the NFL Network, you're watching the local broadcast. So I was watching the Boston broadcast, and there was some guy from, like, Bob's Furniture Store Studio. And I don't know if you saw him. He was just standing there in front of a couch the whole game. And I couldn't tell if it was Bob who just owned the furniture or an actual <laughs> a- analyst. But I enjoyed that. But besides that... Michael, I'm not really all that interested in the preseason. Do you feel like you cover the Falcons? So, this is your your beat. Do you feel like you get things out of the preseason?
2: At times, yes. Uh, Tonight, for instance, right after we are off air, the Falcons will be playing the Dolphins in Miami. I will be sitting on my couch where I'm sitting right now and watching it. Uh No, I I don't travel in the preseason. I okay. only travel Well, games that not that, that the
3: answer, though? If you don't right. travel, I mean, that's, you
2: know? Yeah, that's it. No, you travel. <laughs> I travel for games that matter. So be, I will watch things today. There were things that are interesting to me as a beat writer. Okay. Right? like But I am also paid to care about the punt returner battle. I am paid to care about, well, who's going to be their swing tackle. Those things matter to me because that's my job. I will say this. Other than... The Falcons preseason games, and when I am on this very radio network and a preseason football game is on that I may have to talk about, I will watch precisely zero preseason football, which will tell you all you need to know.
3: Here – just, I'm going to go a little behind the curtain. I don't know if okay. people if people like this, but I am hosting uh, whatever the name of the morning show is right now, right on ESPN Radio on on uh, next week, and so I've never done that before. So I'm very like excited about it because you know that's the prime time show. Yeah. They sent me all the they sent me this camera equipment right to set up, and it came in a big box, and I don't know how to do it. And uh, but the, and I. I had to k- finish this background so I would look good on television, all of this stuff. But as part of it, the producer said, make sure you watch all the preseason games this weekend. And I, <laughs> I considered finding a new occupation when he said that. Because the idea, this is my first week, this is a weekend off. The idea that I would have to sit and watch these preseason games, because I guess, though, people, they get good ratings. But I, yeah. so give me a, let me get, let me ask you. Falcons okay. and Dolphins come on right after us. Yes. All right. I want you to give the 40-second pitch as to why any human being listening in America should want to hear that, or excuse me, would want to watch that tonight at 7 o'clock.
2: Uh, I'll I'll make it shorter than 40 seconds on the off chance that Bijan Robinson plays football in an NFL uniform for the first time, because he is a guy that could end up, I I would say, as soon as by the end of this year, being one of the top five most exciting, not best, but most exciting players in football to watch. And you're going to want to see what his first snaps look like. Now, if he doesn't play tonight well, then I, I can't really make a great argument for do you. Do you think the hype for him is real,
3: by the way? I do. Everybody's like, I picky do. Marley Picky in your fantasy draft. you think that's real?
2: Uh, I do. I, I see him every day in practice, and I can tell you, I, I've covered the NFL for, this will be season 11 or 12 for me now, and I covered college football for a long time before that. And you know, Matt, you've been around sports for a long time. There are guys you can watch where you can just tell right away yeah. that, that they're special. Yeah, that's right. The, Second day I saw B. John Robinson at training camp this year, I, I turned to one of the other reporters. I'm like, this kid has it. If he stays healthy, he's going to be legitimately one of those guys. And you can yeah. just tell.
3: That, you can that, tell, that's always, And that's always kind of a fun thing. You know, I do more on the college level. I remember the first time I saw John Wall. Right, I was like, yeah. okay, that dude's different. You know, I mean, that, that's just a different guy than everybody else. Anthony Davis was the same way for Kentucky. Uh, Lamar Jackson at Louisville was like that. The first time I saw Lamar in person, I said that guy just pops differently. You think Bijan has that
2: level of talent? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. You can watch. I watch him cut. You know, say so he'll run, say he'll take like two, three steps in the backfield, and it's almost like in slow motion how he cuts and then can. Right upfield. Like, it, it is – I have not seen – and I've covered, again, a lot of football, and I've covered a lot of bad football. I've covered the Lions and the Falcons, and I covered the four worst years of Michigan and arguably the four worst years of Notre wow, Dame. So, a lot me, of hang bad football.
3: let me go over your career. Real quick. <laughs> the four worst years of Notre Dame, Yeah. the four worst years of Michigan, and the Lions and the For, Falcons. Have you yeah. ever thought it's just you?
2: Um. Often. <laughs>
3: I put mean,
2: it this, put, Matt. Matt, let me put it this way: I have covered the NFL for what eleven seasons now. I have never covered a division title. I've never covered a home really? playoff game. I've no never covered way. a playoff win. You've yeah, never covered well, a playoff, a, a home playoff game. No, I covered the Detroit Lions for eight years. You know, the last time they had a play, home playoff game was in the nineteen ninety three season. Wow, I was I feel bad for thir- you. I was thirteen. I think I'm going to root for the Falcons.
3: <laughs> really, for you. <laughs> I mean, Dave Ragone's the offense coordinator. He's my old co- radio co-host. So between you and Ragone, I may make the Falcons my second team
2: because I feel sorry for you. And this is going to blow up the, the segment we had at 5 o'clock now. I feel like we've, we've already oh, I'll get that. to it. I still think they're, all, they're awful to watch. But for you,
3: I'm going to pull for them. By the way, the, the morning show is called ESPN Radio Mornings. I'll have that down by uh, mor- Monday morning. Now, we'll switch gears here. The Texans last night did play. I did watch a few minutes of that. C.J. Stroud, I think, went two for four for 14, 13 yards and in an interception. Uh, he had two series. He called Stroud called his debut solid, which, yeah. two two for four <laughs> for three. I mean, listen, I don't want to overreact, but you know, solid is a little strong. Do you I, think any of that matters? Davis Mills came in next. It was 9 for 12, 99 yards. I mean, his neck looked great. I mean, are you, is there a sense in which you think maybe you sit C.J. Stroud early in the year?
2: I, I do not. Joe Fortenbaugh and I last night, by the way, uh, put Davis Mills in the neck hall of fame that we created last night. So that is part of what happened for Davis Mills last night, besides his 9-12 performance. I, I don't buy the it was okay for CJ Stroud because the, he also threw an interception and it was a throw that I would say 98% of the defensive backs in the NFL would be able to to pick off it was a terrible pass but I don't buy much stock in it right now because again very small sample size really what handful of you know handful of plays to anyway two drives that he had and there's no time to get into a rhythm there they it, He's going to be fine, and if he's not fine, we'll know that too. But we won't know any of that until the middle of October. Yeah, when I watched the little bit I
3: watched, here was my thought. I think it was because on Wednesday I had as my co-host on on my local show, Tim Couch, and I talked to him about young guys because we were talking about Will Levis, but the same thing would apply to C.J. Stroud, which is if you put a young guy in a situation where the offensive line is very deficient, it almost doesn't matter what you do because you can't – I mean, Couch was with the Cleveland Browns expansion team, and he got hit – he got sacked 56 times his rookie year. So, like, what are you going to do at that point? You know, at some point – or hit – maybe it was hit 56, not, not sacked, but hit 56 times. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. And I think that's where uh, I wonder about C.J. Stroud. I mean, it's hard to judge him when he's running around. He was pressured on, like, four of his six passes last night.
2: And not only that, you're talking about a NFL defense that's not going to run a lot of the exotic pressures and blitzes that we're going to see in the regular season. Because everybody knows, you know, I know there was one person I'm not going to name. They were said, oh, New England threw a lot at CJ Stroud. I'm like. Uh, well, i no, go Go ahead. say and no. It. It's
3: better if you name
2: it. No, like, I'm not going but, to. It.
3: Uh, Michael, it's better. Like, you, <laughs> you, you, need, it was our you need.
2: It was our guy, Dan Orlovsky, who said they well, threw see, a lot see, I of knew
3: it. it was Dan Orlovsky because any time. See, I used to host a show with Dan Orlovsky. And any time. I know Dan Orlovsky's got the best hair, the best breakdowns. But he always says crazy stuff like
2: that. I knew it was Dan Orlovsky. But go ahead. I, I covered Dan Orlovsky in Detroit. But, had yeah. Fun. It, you know, he was great. Honestly, we had He's Incredible conversation. He awesome is. Dude. Yeah. We had incredible conversations when he was a backup to Matthew Stafford. We would talk all the time. But they, defenses, offenses, they're purposely vanilla, so you're not going to see a lot from them. So this is a lot of basic stuff, and it's good for C.J. Stroud to learn in that situation. But to your point, all the Texans need to do is go back and look at their first ever quarterback because they ruined him. They destroyed David Carr no, before he even exactly
3: had a right. chance. He's just like Couch. They both got ruined yeah. before really anything happened. You know, they, they should be better, this Texans team, than the, that that iteration was with David Carr. But sometimes you wonder. Now, he did win the game. CJ was asked what he could have done differently on his interception, and here's what he said.
4: Just keep, trust my eyes. Um, I've seen a certain look to where – um I knew in uh, film that they could run that to where the safety, if his man blocks, that he'll come off and uh, really be locked into my eyes. And um, just lost lost track of that and um, just forced it. Should have just checked it down uh, to Dalton. But um it was a great play by two by kind of just hiding out. Uh, it kind of was ducking low, so I didn't really see him. Thought I threw a good pass, but um, of course it wasn't. So hell uh, had a play by number two and just put that in my back pocket and learn from it.
3: By the way, I would say to you, CJ, if you can't trust your eyes, it's going to really be a problem. (laughs) Like if you're looking (laughs) and you're not sure what you're seeing, do you think he has success? Leave aside last night. I mean, there were four rookies picked. Well, three rookies picked high and then Will Levis dropped. But there were four rookies kind of grouped together. And what happens in football is those people will all be compared against each other for their career. We see it all the time. Do you think C.J. Stroud is
2: going to end up having a good career? I think he will. Uh, I do, because if Houston does this correctly, and that's a big if, they'll surround him early in his career with enough playmaking talent that he doesn't have to be perfect. He doesn't have to be great. Now well, they didn't. They, ha- they didn't this year. <laughs> no, but but they're also very obviously in a rebuilding situation. They also drafted Will Anderson, which they needed as an anchor of their defense. But yeah. don't forget, they do have Damian Pierce. He's a really talented running That's back. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna th- hopefully if you're Houston, lean on that running game. I like Nico Collins as a wide receiver. So you're starting to build, and you're hoping that they build together as a young team. I think that there is. I I think he's in the second-best situation of those rookie quarterbacks. The guy in the best situation, of course, is Bryce Young because of that coaching staff around him that has a history of developing quarterbacks between Frank Reich and Jim Caldwell and just the experience that Josh McCown has. But other than that, I I think he's got a shot. I'm not saying I feel 100%, Matt, that he's going to be successful, but I think he's got a real chance. I like his chances better than Levis or, or Richardson, to be honest.
3: Yeah, well... I, history tells us two of these guys will be complete bust, complete bust. One of them will end up being great and one of them will end up being decent. I'm going to tell you, Anthony Richardson is, I, I will put everything I have on him being a bust and McAfee and Orlovsky (laughs) and those guys that are on his side. You, you name the price as to, I watched him play in college and name me a kid ever that in college wasn't good that became good in the pros at quarterback. Name me I,
2: one. I'm waiting. You I, don't I ever won't. see one. No, I mean I've gone. I've been on multiple programs on this network saying the same thing. I think Anthony Richardson is going to get guys fired. Yeah, he's I don't, the guaranteed bus. I don't think he's going to be good. He is. Very similar to guys like Mitchell Trubisky, guys yes. like Jamarcus Russell, who had not a ton of experience, had one massive season in Jamarcus Russell's case, one massive game against Notre Dame in the Sugar Bowl, and that propelled them to this conversation. But I sometimes to see- he, play- he played for yeah. two years and was bad both years.
3: Yeah, like he was not good, and I don't no. understand why people think he will be. But back to Stroud,
2: you yes. do think he <laughs> succeeds. I I I to, to your metric, right? The two busts, the two the one decent, the one really good. He's the decent guy. Yeah, I would say I go I think he's bust
3: too. I, do. I think okay. I I think I think he's bust too. I think Levis is probably the good and I think Bryce Young has a chance to be great if the whole height thing doesn't become an issue, which we'll have to figure out over time. I think that's better for guys his size now than it used to be. But we'll end up uh we'll end up seeing. Now, a quarterback that was in one of these groupings a few years ago, and we still don't really know where to place him is Jordan Love. He plays tonight. What do we will we see? And will Jordan Love be the quarterback at the end of the year and the quarterback of the future for Green Bay? That's next here on KT and Carlin. I promise we won't talk about what comes out of Carlin again, the rest <laughs> of this on ESPN radio. <laughs>
4: cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply
2: we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there
0: The countdown to kickoff rolls on.
3: Attack! Jordan Love's had a little bit of an up and down start. Right now he just threw a pass that was tipped and intercepted.
0: Nobody gets you closer to the action.
3: As I say that, Jordan Love just sailed one over Romeo Dobbs's head on a sideline.
0: Up. And I mean nobody. The NFL lives here. ESPN Radio.
3: It is Candy Carlin here on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Matt Jones and Michael Rothstein here on a... Friday afternoon, big weekend of preseason football. Golf has the FedEx Cup. There's a lot of stuff going on, but nothing is bigger in Wisconsin than preseason Green Bay Packers action. So why not bring on Gabe Neitzel, co-host of Gin, Gabe, and Chewy on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee. Gabe and I have worked together before, and I'm excited to have him. So I'll just start with this. Jordan Love is someone that has, I've heard his name for three and a half years, but I feel like I've seen him play for about 40 seconds, but a lot of pressures on him tonight following not one, but two legends. How do you think he's going to do this evening, but also this year?
5: Uh, well when it comes to this evening I think he'll be okay. I think they'll 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 put him in low pressure situations. You know, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins do their better offensive line, but not going to play tonight. So I'm sure you're gonna see a lot of three step drops. Get the ball out of his hand, try to build some confidence. As for the season, I, I wish I had like some really great insight to this, but I just I-, I don't know. We haven't seen enough of him. Uh, over the course of these three years, Matt, because well, his first year in 2020, there were no preseason games, so it was essentially a redshirt season for him. Then we see him a little bit in the 2021 preseason, but then he gets hurt, so he doesn't play the full 2021 preseason. We see him start a game. He's awful against Kansas City. He gets 10 snaps in the regular season where he's pretty good against the Philadelphia Eagles last year, but it's 10 snaps. I'm sure just about every starting quarterback in the history of the NFL has been able to put together 10 good snaps. So it's kind of a mystery. And, you know, you're trying to pull things where you can. He's had his ups and downs, which can be expected. And the other thing that I'm really concerned about is the lack of veteran presence that they have in the pass-catching department, whether we're talking wide receivers, whether we're talking about tight ends. Because when Brett Favre took over, he had Sterling Sharp back in 1992, had some other other young receivers that they eventually grew and won the Super Bowl with. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. He had Greg Jennings and eventually Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, all these young receivers. But when he initially took over, Donald Driver, who's the all-time leading receiver in Packers history, was also there. The most experienced the Packers have at, at pass catcher are Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, who were both drafted a year ago and didn't play – you know, in an FCS school, you know, they are, they, they played in FCS, but non-power five, you know, so it's, it's not a great situation for him to be coming into. It's a young team that's going to be making a ton of mistakes and they're just going to have to grow together. Gabe, all of that said leads to this.
2: Does it in some ways not necessarily matter? They don't necessarily need Jordan Love to be what Aaron Rodgers was, or even 80% of that, because, They have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and that seems to be the way this offense is going to probably go.
5: So I've got a thing when it comes to NFL coaches. Every last one of them, I swear, I've heard everybody say, oh, we want to run the football more but they don't want to actually run the football more. Like, they want to throw the football. And like we heard that for years from Mike McCarthy up here in Green Bay. I know he's saying it in Dallas this offseason. I've heard it a bunch, how they want to run the football more down in Dallas. They're not going to run the football more. I don't think the Packers are going to run the ball a ton more. Um, yes, they have A.J. Dillon. Yes, they have Aaron Jones. But they still need to figure out if Jordan Love is the guy because Aaron Jones – has a $17 million cap hit number next to his name next year. A.J. Dillon's going to be a free agent. So, yeah, in terms of this year, maybe they lean on those two guys more, but they still need to get answers about whether or not Jordan Love is the guy to be leading this franchise forward. Because it's nice to have two running backs and a decent offensive line, and you want to run the football, it's great. But ultimately, this all comes down to, is Jordan Love good enough? And they're going to have to get that answer sooner rather than later.
3: Nobody understands fan bases. Better than talk radio host. I believe that because uh, you have to talk to him, right? And Gabe Neitzel, you're, in, you're there in the area. You guys are used to a situation that really hasn't existed in the NFL, except for maybe San Francisco with Montana and Young, where you had two legendary quarterbacks, both beloved, back-to-back, and encompassing 25, 30 years of football for Green Bay. All right, now you go to a new one. It's hard enough with that. But then you throw the culture of being used to being around quarterbacks that are beloved by the community, et cetera. Does the Green Bay Packer fan base buy into Jordan Love to the point that, like, they're ready for him to be next in line or are they just waiting for him to screw up?
5: I think think most of them are thinking, you know, he's the next to be in line. Some are waiting for him to screw up. There's certainly a portion of the Packers fan base that sides with Aaron Rodgers, think the Packers didn't do enough to get him weapons while he was here, go all in while he was here, try to win a championship. So I think there are some people within the fan base, as messed up as it sounds, are rooting for Jordan Love to fail because then that is an indictment then on Brian Gutekunst in the front office of the Packers and and maybe that leads to their eventual ouster and you get somebody else to kind of take over and lead this franchise forward. Uh, But I think most people... We're kind of done with Aaron Rodgers. They they kind of done. Is that right? With really? The they were kind of.
3: They were like me, just exhausted with him as a human.
5: <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. And oh. you know, it, it's easy to put up with that when he's winning back to back MVPs. Yeah,
3: that's right. Harder
5: to put up for it with it when you lose to the Lions at home in week 18 with a playoff berth on the line, right? Like, so when when you go eight and nine and you miss the postseason, a lot of that stuff becomes a lot more exhausting when you're not winning. So I think a lot of people are just realized it was time to move on and are certainly behind Jordan Love, hoping that he can be the next guy. But again, there's just – I feel there aren't enough data points for this fan base, which is why – Tonight is so fascinating. It's the first time in years that a preseason game has mattered in the state of Wisconsin because I don't even know the last time Aaron Rodgers played in a preseason game. So it's the first time where I know most of Wisconsin is going to be glued to their television sets at 6 p.m. Central.
2: Well, that leads to this too. Are they going to be glued to watch Hard Knocks because they're either rooting for Aaron Rodgers to succeed or fail? Like, Does that make Hard Knocks for them inherently interesting because they're getting to see Aaron Rodgers too?
5: There are a number of fans that were texting into our shows, tweeting into our shows, calling our shows over the week, furious with Aaron Rodgers because of Hard Knocks. So watching Hard Knocks is very similar to, you know, you don't want, you don't want to, but, you know, you find yourself sometimes late at night scrolling through your ex's Instagram or going on her Facebook, whatever, with her social media. Wow. And, and you just, you know, want to see, check in to see Dave. how she's doing. And then you're kind of getting upset that she's going on this big lavish vacation. Everybody is you getting know, upset. Something you want there, to share are, with us? I mean, like I know d- Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I don't know your right personal thing.
3: situation, Gabe, but if you want to share something, this is a good space. <laughs> it's national radio. <laughs> like if we need to talk about it, you know, we've all been there. I mean, I just I don't know if you need
5: need help. No, no. I'm I'm personally I'm fine. Uh, I'm, okay, all right. I'm just fine, making but, sure. All right. <laughs> hey, but I appreciate you. You know, just double checking. that. Yeah, like, I that's very That warms my heart. Well, listen uh, yeah, are so many people just frustrated with Aaron Rodgers because he's yeah. doing all the right things in terms of reaching out to the young players the way he did not in Green Bay
3: last year. I find the way, by, by the way, Gabe, I find the Aaron Rodgers on the Jets' hard knocks vomit-inducing, to be quite <laughs> frank with you, because I don't believe he's I, – I believe that is the most telegraphed love letter to Aaron Rodgers that they clearly had to do to get the Jets to do it, because that's not the same dude that was on
5: that episode that was in Green Bay, right? A hundred percent. So that version of Aaron Rodgers existed at one point in the state of Wisconsin, Um, he probably hasn't existed in the state of Wisconsin over the last, uh, so Jordan Love was drafted in 2020 for like three years. Yeah.
3: That's kind of what I thought. Gabe Neitzel, co-host of Gin, Gabe, and Chewy on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee. Great stuff, Gabe. I enjoyed it. We'll see you later. Yeah. Anytime, boys. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that hard knock, the whole thing—I, I, I could go on and on about. It. I'm not going to do it. Like it I just like, love
2: chaos, man, and I'm, all, I'm here for there, all the chaos. But it
3: wasn't chaos. It was everybody going. Man, he's such a good dude. Like people don't realize what a good dude he is. Like stop it.
2: But you know what? Maybe he, maybe there's a point to the whole ex situation. That oh, you know, when you break up with a toxic ex, you're generally happier. That's true.
3: I bet you also believe the ayahuasca led him to see truths that I don't understand.
2: Don't. No, but it. I, I, we have had psychedelic experts on shows I have hosted to explain what ayahuasca is. Okay, friends. I'll tell you what. How about this? Eight eight eight. Say
3: ESPN. If you have had ayahuasca, I just gonna really want to take one of these. But I just want to hear. What you supposedly learned that I didn't understand. 888 say ESP. I mean, I'm not going to do it because, like, I'm not. I'm just not going to do it. They have a place here in Kentucky. It's in like a trailer where you can do it. I'm not part of it. But if you have done it, 888-SAY-ESPN. And by the way, Jordan Love playing tonight is part of our weekend preview. Weekend preview is brought to you by GEICO. Switch to GEICO today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Go to GEICO.com and get a rate quote and get started seeing how much you could save. If we have an ayahuasca person, they and the Pac-12 are next here on Canteen Cart.
0: This is the Kantian and Carlin podcast football and on the college level needs a rob Manfred and adam silver a roger goodell to take over and do what's best for the game
6: there was something different last week about really the still questions around the existence of the pac-12 conference
4: i'm sorry that your little traditions are out the window but if you ain't growing you're dying and college football's doing the right thing it's gonna turn into two super conferences maybe and i'm sorry that your traditions are not going to be there anymore new traditions will be made new rivalries will be made
3: We'll get to all that. There's a lot to talk about in college football, but it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. And before the break, we were talking about how I find Aaron Rodgers exhausting (laughs) and the whole ayahuasca, you know, man. uh, By the way, he's Michael Rothstein. I'm Matt Jones. The whole, like, you know, man, I went to, like, Costa Rica, man. Like, I see things just a different way. And, like, it's bright. And I'm always – it just makes me want to, like, vomit. And, Michael, I said, if you've ever – used ayahuasca let's go ahead and have you on the air it shows you how much the world has changed five years ago you couldn't just say if you've ever used drugs call (laughs) ESPN radio and we'll put you on the air but but here we are Aaron Rodgers changed the conversation and we have a number of people called but we have two one is a person Michael just a regular Joe and one is a doctor would you rather let's go to the
2: person first. Are you good with that? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go let's go to Jaden in Minneapolis. Jaden
3: in Minneapolis. <laughs> have you used ayahuasca?
6: Yes, but I want to say two things before we get started with this. This
3: the is first? not your show. You have to talk about like like just I answer my question. You have. Where did you do it? Guatemala. Guatemala. Okay, so tell me what you want to say about it.
6: Okay, well, first of all...
3: You talk like you used ayahuasca. I can't get any words out of you. Go ahead. He hung up? See? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> he, he, he might did, have been on ayahuasca. <laughs> he was a perfect example of what I'm talking about. He didn't have anything to say, and he was like, first of all, I want to say two things. We don't have time for that, Michael. He didn't have he, to say anything, and he did exactly what I thought he would do. And he, you're right, and he may have also just come out of a darkness retreat. We do not know. <laughs> all right, let's try Dr. Michael in Madison, Wisconsin. Now, Michael, are you an actual doctor?
6: I am. I am a surgeon in Madison, Wisconsin. Big Packer fan. Go to Lambeau twice a year. Drove down to Dallas for the Super Bowl. Big Aaron Rodgers fan until recently, and like you all, I'm sick of him. Glad he's gone. That being said... I'm a physician. My wife's a physician. She dragged me to ayahuasca in Costa Rica. I was against it. I didn't believe in it. But I got to be honest, it does change your life. I mean, you see things about yourself that really make you change your, your view of yourself and how you act. Okay, and so explain so- to me. I,
3: I, I Listen, I, you sound like a reasonable person. You <laughs> are getting to the point, not like the other guy. But isn't everything you're saying, like you see the world differently, whatever, isn't it just you being high?
6: No, I, I mean, I've smoked marijuana in the past, being high, et cetera. This is a completely different experience. You're actually, you, you go into it with the intent, with, with an intent, and then you start hallucinating, but the hallucinations revolve around the intent. And I went in to, to see my family who have passed away, my parents and grandparents, and see what they thought about me and see if they had any suggestions for how I should live the rest of my life. And they approve of what I'm doing. And you're hallucinating, but it's as real. It's not a dream. It's as real as could be. It's but you know, scary. right,
3: like you know you weren't really talking to your family, though,
6: right? Well, you, you look, But I was as skeptical as anyone, and it's not like I'm going to do it again because it was a once-in-a-lifetime thing for me because it's scary. But in all honesty, it sh- it's, it's not a dream. You're really, really there. So I mean, they, And listen, nice I appreciate
3: you're being very uh, open, and I appreciate it. I'm not mocking. I'm just trying to understand. You're a doctor. And a surgeon, so like a really good doctor. You genuinely believe you were talking to your passed away family?
6: Absolutely. I was right there with them. There was as clear as day.
3: Okay. All right. Well, listen, doctor, thank you very much. Dr. Michael in Madison, thoughts uh, on that, Michael?
2: Yeah. You know, I'm... Doctor Michael might assault me on trying to go to Costa Rica to do some ayahuasca. I'll be honest. I have enough dead I mean, family I mean, members that uh, I, I kind of want to talk to them. I miss. I miss my mother. I miss my grandparents. I want to go talk to them now. Now, Matt, I'm not. I'm not trying to bring the show down. We've got good energy going here. But I'm just saying that that that's fascinating to me because it, it also comes to this, Matt. Do you believe in ghosts? And do you believe that the, no. the ghosts of the people that are 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 kin to you no, are, follow you that. around and are part of your soul and your inner life? Do you believe yeah. that?
3: I mean, listen, I am sure Dr. Michael got really high and he thought he was talking to his 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 parents. I'm not, and I think that if that was a beautiful moment for him, that's great. I'd, I'm not even mocking that. Good, good for him. But no, I don't believe that that's a real thing. But I do. I will say this. Ultimately, it doesn't matter what I believe. If he believes it in himself, then it can have an impact. So he is essentially acknowledging what Aaron Rodgers says, which is, is it can change your perspective.
2: Right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and that's all that Aaron Rodgers has always said, is that that's what he believes that it did. Yeah. Well, I still find the show exhausting, but if Dr. Michael says it,
3: then it can't be totally out there. ESPN Radio's two-a-days in a, two a day's NFL rolls along. It's the 49ers next here on Canty
0: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.